Well, how's everybody doing today? I'm so glad, um, first of all, for the people in the room and for the people watching online, our great, awesome people at Sweetwater probably celebrating the fact that Tennessee actually did win a football game yesterday, 14-3 to against Charlotte. Didn't even know Charlotte had a football team, but it doesn't matter because you're a winner, all right? Hey, um, this week is um, week five of Christianese. Next week, uh, we're going to finish up the series, Christianese, and then the week after that, we're going to start a brand new series. It's going to have three weeks, and it's called Nacho Church. Uh, Nacho Church is going to be, and it's, it is exactly what you think it is. So don't miss that. Um, next week, we'll finish up Christianese, and then the week after that, Nacho Church. Today, though, however, I want to talk about something that, um, a, that in the Christian community, well, let me set it up like this. Let me set it up like this. When I started school, now, I don't know if it's like this anymore, um, but when I started school, we had what we called a 10-point grading system, and, and, I, and I'll show it to you. It's, it's kind of like this. When you took a test, now, I don't, I don't even know if they, if they do this anymore, but 90 to 100 was an A. Now, some classes did it different. They were like 94 to 100, because there's always somebody that tries to make it complicated, but 90 to 100 was an A. 80 to 89 was a B, 70 to 79 was a C, 60 to 69 was a D, and 59 below was an F. And, and so if you took a test and it had 10 questions on it, you could miss one and still make an A. If you missed two, you, you could still make a B. If you missed three, you could make a C. But if you missed like five or more, you know, and, and you could miss four and make a D. And in college, I was like, hey, D means degree, and, and that's, that's kind of how I lived. I'm not advocating that for those of you who are in college. You should give your best. And then, um, but if you, five or more, you failed the test on a 10-question test. Now, this is the way that it used to be um, in, in school. And so with that in mind, um, I want you to take this. I want you to kind of put it to the side, and we're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about pet peeves. Now, I uh, asked a question this week on social media, lots, and probably one of the most responded to questions I've ever asked, what is one of your greatest pet peeves? Mine, one of my greatest pet peeves, is when I'm on the phone, when I'm on the cell phone, and I'm in public, and somebody comes up and tries to talk to me while I'm on the phone. That's, it drives me Absolutely crazy. One of my biggest pet peeves. Um, some of the pet peeves I saw um, online this week were uh, if somebody takes a fork and scratches their teeth with it, which why would you do that anyway? Um, that was a pet peeve. When somebody puts the toilet paper on and it's under rather than over, that was a pet peeve. When somebody doesn't uh, leave toilet paper at all, that's a humongous pet peeve. Um, the number one pet peeve on social media on every channel was people that drive slow in the fast lane. So anyway, pet peeves, pet peeves, pet peeves. All of us have pet peeves. Um, Carly, what's one of your biggest pet peeves? I'm on the spot. Um, right now, right now. There are people watching, Carly. I need an answer. What's one of your biggest pet peeves? I genuinely don't have one. Carly does not have a pet peeve at all because she just loves when people put her on the spot. So Carly is now unemployed. So if anybody needs good help, Carly's for hire. So anyway, pet peeves. Now, there's a couple reasons we have pet peeves. A couple reasons we have pet peeves. Number one, it, it, the reason it bothers us is because, number one, we don't think we do it. Like, if something bothers us, it's because, and, and in most cases, we don't. 
And number two, because we don't think we do it, it makes it really easy to spot when other people are doing it. So pet peeves. Now, just like people have pet peeves, the church, Christianity, has had pet sins. There are, there are people, there, me include, I'm included in this, all right? If, you, if you're a Christian, you're included. Christians and the church, we have pet sins. In other words, there's, there's things that other people do that are sinful that when we see that particular thing happen, it absolutely drives us crazy. Now, there's two reasons that something would be considered a pet sin, if you're taking notes. Here we go. Number one, because I don't struggle with it. So, if there's something that I see in other people that's sinful, and I'm really quick to point it out and judge and say they shouldn't do that, and those people, remember we talked about those people before, those people, the reason I'm so quick to do that is because I don't, I don't struggle with that thing that I'm judging. The second reason that churches and Christians have pet sins is because it allows me to deflect when I need to reflect. In other words, if I spend all my time and all of my energy pointing out where other people are falling short, I don't have to deal with the fact that I fall short. If I spend all my time judging other people and judging their sins, and I don't have to reflect on my heart, my condition, my emotions, I don't have to think about any of that, and it allows me, in my mind at least, to put myself on a moral pedestal because I am awesome because I don't struggle with that particular sin. Now, for 2,000 years, the church has had pet sins. I'm only going to talk about the past three or four decades. In the late 70s, in the 80s, in the early 90s, the pet sin of church world was abortion. And it was the thing, let me, let me just say this, it was the thing that Christians seem to be the angriest about. And, and it was, it, there were protests, there were people that would get arrested at abortion clinics. And, and let me just pause and say, I'm pro-life. Uh, I'm very, I believe in, in life. Uh, I was, I, I'm glad that my mother chose not to abort me because that, that decision was on the table. And I've shared that story before. But if somebody's pro-choice, I don't hate them. And they're still a friend. And if you are watching today and you've had an abortion sometime in your life, I'm here to tell you you're forgiven. You're loved by God. He accepts you. He knew you were going to do that before he created you. And he made you in the first place and went ahead and arranged for payment for that sin to be you know, taken care of. And so I, I, don't think, I don't think we approached the topic the right way. It was very hateful. It was very mean. But, but, in about the late 90s and all through the 2000s and even through this decade, this, the sin, the pet sin that the church has really um, pointed their finger at and condemned has switched from abortion to homosexuality. And it's the thing that the church, let's just be honest, let's just be honest. The church seems to be angriest about they're just they're just mad and if you're watching today and you're gay i, I just i want to before we even get in the message today 
And if you're a Christian, I don't care where you stand on this topic. I feel like we owe people that are gay an apology just for what has been said about them and what has been said to them. It, it, listen, it's un like But you know why? People in the church spend so much time bashing people that are gay because they don't, they don't struggle with that. And it because if I can attack somebody for being a certain way, I don't have to look in the mirror and deal with what's going on in my life. Now, I know there are people that are screaming right now, probably not out loud, but in your mind, but the Bible says, but the Bible says, by the way, we're going to talk about that next week, what the Bible says. Um, it's going to be fascinating. I hope you can join me. But the, the, the people say, the, the Bible says that homosexuals go to hell. And, um, and so I've, I've gotten into a lot of interesting discussions about that recently. And, and one of the major passages of Scripture that people use to say that homosexuals go to hell is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Now, the book of Corinthians is a letter written by the apostle Paul to a church in Corinth, and um, he actually wrote two letters to this church because the church in Corinth, um, actually he wrote more to the church in Corinth than he wrote to any other church. But in 1 Corinthians, Chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, these have been the verses that Christians have kind of packaged into bullets to shoot at people that are gay. So I just want us to, talk, to take a step back and really look at what these verses say. It's going to be interesting. Here we go. This is what Paul wrote. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want to pause real quick. It doesn't say that wrongdoers don't go to heaven. The kingdom of God is way more than heaven. The kingdom of God is a way of life that exists here and eternity. So the kingdom of God isn't always referring to heaven. And so right there, the argument kind of falls apart, but, but stay with me because I want to keep going. I don't have to, maybe I'll do a whole series on the kingdom of God one day. Maybe one day, who knows? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So, so if, if the kingdom of God meant heaven, there's a lot more people on the Hell Express than gay people. In fact, this passage of Scripture right here lists 10 different types of people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. 10. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. This is where this we're going to get real personal. We're going to take a test. We're going to take a test today. We're going to go through each one of these. We're going to take a test. And I want you to grade yourself. Now, I'm not going to ask you to switch your paper with your neighbor at the end because that could get kind of awkward when you're kind of comparing answers, okay? I'm not going to ask you to do that. But I'm going to ask you to grade yourself, and it's either a check or an X. And remember, if you get more than four wrong, you fail. You fail. So we're going to take a test today to see, because once again, we spend so much time as Christians and as churches 
pointing our finger that we don't look in the mirror. And we got to do a lot more looking in the mirror before we can even think about pointing a finger. Dang, that was good right there. Somebody better tweet that. Here we go. Number one on the test thing. Here we go. Wrongdoer. Now, nobody watching this message, nobody, not in this room, not in Sweetwater, not in your home, are looking at that going, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever done anything wrong. I'm, you know, I might be Jesus. Uh, because all of us, all of us, all of us have something in our life that we've done wrong. Now, there's so many illustrations. I was on vacation um, several years ago, and I'm not going to tell you where I was because I, there's a reason I'm not going to tell you where I was. But I was in a parking lot. I just finished eating, come out, get my car. I'm backing out of the parking lot, and I hit another car. I really did. I, just, I hit it. I got out, and I looked, and it was dented, and I was dented, and I looked around, and nobody saw me. And I got my car. I just drove off. Now, don't judge me. Don't judge me because there's something. And the reason I'm not telling you where I was is because the person whose car I hit might be watching this right now. And I just, I'm not paying. I, I didn't do it. You can't prove I was there. But that's just an example of something that I've done wrong. You ever ran a stop sign? Well, technically, well, technically the, the law, as Christians, we're supposed to be, like, obedient to government laws, right? Can we talk about the speed limit? Guilty, by the way. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just, I, this is more like confession time for me. This feels really good. So every single person watching right now, every single person, I don't care how awesome you are. I don't care how much of the Bible you've read. I don't care how much of the Bible you've memorized. Every one of us falls into that category right there. Every one of us has done something wrong. But don't worry. We're just one thing in. You can still make an A on this test. Let's go to number two. Here we go. Sexually immoral. Well, you know, that's going to be a fun one because we're going to have to define that, aren't we? Because people are like, well, I don't know, sexually immoral because what might be right for you might not be right for me. What might be right for me might not be right for you. And I just, I don't, okay, let's, let's just kind of cut to the chase here. If you're a dude or, or a female, you ever looked at porn? Busted. Busted. Um, you ever look lustfully at a woman, guys? We'll, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, how would you feel about discussing what you've done sexually with Jesus? I don't know about you, but when it comes to this in my life, I get an X. I get an X. That's all I can say. Now, maybe you, maybe, maybe you don't struggle with this, or you've never struggled with this in your life. I've, I heard a pastor recently say um, he hadn't lusted after a woman in 10 years. I was like, dear God, dude, they got a pill for that. Um, but that, really, that's what went through my mind. But um, anyway, a lot of fun. There we go. We'll just, it's, it's tense, so we'll just move on. Adult, or idolater. Now, this is where people go, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, now this, I'm, I've got to check on this, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not get carried away because an, an idol is something or someone that we love and we give more time to than Jesus. So, so all of us have experienced seasons of idolatry in our lives. 
Some of you ladies that are my age, we could just bring up new kids on the block and you had their pajamas and you had their pillowcases and you had their, okay, we'll just go there. Or one of the biggest ones, one of the biggest ones we can deal right now with is college football. You can take the name of the Lord in vain in front of somebody and they won't say anything, but you talk about their favorite college football team and they will go psycho Billy Ninja on you and, and cuss you for everything that you're worth. When I, was a, when I was a kid, my, brother, my brother-in-law invited me to a football game, Clemson football game, playing Wake Forest. We won 24-17, I remember. And he said, we're going to tailgate. I was like, what's tailgate? He said, tailgating is we're going to go and we make a picnic basket, and then we get out and we eat on the tailgate, and then we go into the game. It's evolved since then. Have you walked around some of the tailgates? Now, now listen, some people are like, I wouldn't call it idolatry. Oh, I would. When, when this is your tailgate, and I'm a Clemson fan, but when you've got televisions, and the, can, can, we just, can we just admit that's a bit overkill? I mean, part of me is like, that's a bit overkill. And part of me is like, if this is your tailgate, I'm not doing anything the next time Clemson plays a home game because I'd love to come over and hang out. Um, idolatry, hey, and, and this idolatry doesn't even make sense because y'all haven't won a championship since 1969, so I'm just saying, I'm just, see, and if you just got mad, it's because I attacked your idol. Um, it's, it's uh, if you're obsessed with your image on social media, if you're always checking your likes, and a picture didn't get as many likes as you think, you know, some people's idols are their children, some people's idols are their jobs. Some people's idols are their career. Some people's idols are their bank account. Some people's idols are a car collection, a gun collection, whatever. Collection is just something that we give way more time, attention, money, and energy to than we do Jesus. Just to let y'all know, I get an X here. If you don't struggle with idolatry, you're probably not human. But that's, that's where I'm at. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. Next one. Adulterer. Now, some people are like, whoa, 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 that's the first one I got, but hold on, hold on, let's just wait for just a second and really kind of talk about the whole adultery thing. Adultery is, have you ever had sex with somebody you're not married to? Because some people go, I'm not married. Well, if you've ever had sex with somebody you're not married to, it's adultery, according to Scripture. Now, some people are like, I've never done that. Now, I can't talk to women here. I can speak to men. And men, if we're honest, right here, we're busted. And not because of what I said, but because of what this guy named Jesus said. Just Jesus. And this is Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. This is what Jesus said. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of the men that have looked at a woman lustfully, but if I did ask for a hand raise, mine would be the first to go up. It would. I'm not trying to lie. I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I, listen, I did not have to polish my halo when I got out of bed this morning. So according to Jesus, men, if we've looked at a woman lustfully, We've committed adultery. 
Now, so far, so far, I don't know how you're doing. I'm 0 for 4. I'm 0 for 4. I, if we're playing baseball, I haven't even got a hit yet. Okay? So, let's move on to number five. Let's move on to number five. Men who have sex with other men. I'm going to go ahead and say, never really struggled with that one. Never wrestled with that one. Never had um, that type of thought. Never had that type of craving. Never had that type of desire. But pause, pause, pause. How dare I try to take some sort of moral high ground because I finally found something that I didn't struggle with when I've established that there are four things that, that, are, that have absolutely crushed me at some point in my life. So, and this is all I'm saying, this is the passage that Christians have used for years to say that homosexuals go to hell and, and before we even get there, most of us are 0 for 4. Let's keep going, though. Let's keep going, because this is too good. This is too good. Thieves. Now, some of you are like, I've never stolen anything. I'll, I'll bet you have. I'll bet you have. Uh, I had a friend who was actually on a church staff, so I'm not going to say his name. He used to go to Chick-fil-A when they used to put their club crackers out, and he would get a to-go order and fill up his bag with club crackers. There are restaurants that have had to take Splenda off the table because women would put Splenda in their purses. Speaking of women putting stuff in their purses, knobs, silverware, napkins from restaurants, it's a very real thing. For those of you that are my age, you remember something called Napster. That was stealing. Have you ever borrowed a CD from a friend and burned it onto your computer? That is stealing. Have you ever gone to a restaurant, ordered a water, and then filled your drink up with something other than water, like sweet tea or soda? That is stealing. I could go on and on, but all of us at the end of the day have gotten an ad. We've, we've stolen something. So for me, I, I, I get an X on this one too. Thieves, all right? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Greedy. Um... Man, I've wrestled with this one before. Now, now, when we think greedy, we think money greedy. And we've seen more examples of greed when it comes to corporate America in the past 10 to 15 years than ever. But I'm just talking about personal greed. I'm talking about when you're sitting at a table with a group of people and at a restaurant and they bring the check and you do the gator arm thing. Hey, let me get that thing. Let me, I don't know. Let me get that. And then you're trying to get the bill, but you don't really want it because that's, that's greed. Um, when you're trying to get something financially from somebody, that's greed. But you know what? We can be greedy with our attitudes and our emotions. Somebody asked me the other day, when it comes to Karis, my daughter, why do you always go to the Waffle House? And, and because it's, I mean, it's good, it's good food. It's not the best. It's good food. But at the end of the day, the reason we go is because... I used to not love to go. I used to not love to go. And I would say, hey, where do you want to go to eat? She'd be like, I want to go to the Waffle House. And I'd be like, we're not going there. And one morning, she was like three years old. She said, why do you always ask me where I want to go, but you'll never go where I want to go? Like, and the real answer is because I was greedy. I was asking her where she wanted to go, even though I knew the answer, and I never intended to go there. Greed 
is when we manipulate a situation to get our own way. Have you ever done it? If you haven't, we're glad you're here, Jesus. The rest of us are going to have to admit that there's been a time in our life where we've been greedy. X. Let's keep going. Well, let's see. If, um, well, I got that one nailed, all right? I mean, I think, I think you can Google it and find out. Drunkard. Um, <laughs> hey, don't, please don't email me and tell me I can't say that because it's my life. I can talk about what I did. Um, I'm not making fun of but, but this is like, have you, ever, have, you, have you ever used a substance to try to escape in a, a situation? Now, I want to pause real quick before I move on from this, especially in the Southeast, because there's some people going, I've never drank alcohol. Let's talk about your weight. Okay, that's good. Let's go on to number nine. Number nine, slanderer. Slanderer. Have you ever slandered anybody? I can nail 90% of the people watching with one picture. Have you ever slandered either one of these guys? We're, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Have you ever said something about one of these guys to somebody else that might not have been true? That's slander. I'm telling you, as far as slander, many people, all you need to do to prove yourself guilty is just go back and look at some of the stuff you said on Facebook. Christians, Christians should have to read their Bible for an hour before we get on Facebook or any social media because of the slander. You've been like I shared this online this week, but it was it was to me it was a funny story. Some people got mad. I can laugh about it. I sat at a table at a restaurant. Um, what was it about a month month or two ago? Was it about a month or two ago? I came in talking about this. I can't remember. You don't? Do you remember? You don't know even know what your pet peeve is. Um, <laughs> I was sitting at a restaurant and I had a hat on. I had my head down. I'm kind of reading a book. There were six ladies sitting over here, and I got to listen to them talk about me for an hour. It was fascinating, some of the stuff I learned about me. They were saying stuff about me that wasn't even in the ballpark of being true. And when they got done and they all got up, I decided I, I, I kind of took my hat off and kind of went, hey, how are y'all? And they all looked like they'd seen a ghost. It was the most amazing thing ever. And then so, I was telling somebody about this, and he was like, you should have just bought their meal. And I was like, I am not that godly. Um, I, they were paying for their own food. But I... It was something that I, I, I literally sat through and experienced. All of us, all of us, all of us are guilty of that at some point, about saying something about someone else that, listen, and this is what people, whoa, it's true, but did it need to be said? So let's go, one more. I'm sure everybody's feeling awesome about yourself right now. W welcome to church. Swindler. Now, all of us have been swindled before. Like, it's, it's, it's like the mechanic that calls. You know, you took your car to get your oil changed, and they called, and they said, listen, um, just want to let you know your engine has melted, and we're going to need to replace it, and that's going to be $4,000. And, we, you know, it, it's, it's the person that tries to sell you the warranty, but you don't really need the warranty. But all, swindling some, someone is taking advantage of a situation 
that plays to your advantage. So <laughs> this is, I've shared this story before, but this is true. One of the worst examples that I can think of of somebody swindling somebody, it's, it's, it's a personal example, don't worry. Um, when my mom was alive, she would not allow me to eat sugar cereals, like no sugar cereals, like none. Couldn't have them in the house, no sugar cereals at all whatsoever, ever. And then my mom passed away, and my dad and I went grocery shopping. Well, my favorite cereal of all time, um, not even there, it's number one, there's not even a close number two, is Fruity Pebbles. I love Fruity Pebbles. But Fruity Pebbles falls in the category of a sugar cereal. So I'm at the grocery store with my dad, and we're on the cereal aisle, and I said, Dad, we need to get some cereal. And he said, well, what kind of cereal do you want? And I, I just thought for a minute, and I went and I got the Fruity Pebbles. I'm like, this is what I want. He said, would your mama have been okay with this? I was like, yes, sir, because he couldn't ask her. So, so I was like, yes, sir. I swindled this is how, I mean, this, this was in sixth grade. I was evil from the start. This was, I swindled that I used and manipulated a situation for my advantage. Now, 10 characteristics, just kind of curious, not going to ask anybody to share their score out loud, but just so you know, I can be transparent. Out of uh, 10, I got one. I got a check on one. I got an X on nine. That means a couple things. Number one, <laughs> I failed the test. And guess what? You did too. If we were grading on a morality scale, the 10 characteristics that we just went through, every single one of us failed. In other words, none of us have the position of the moral high ground to stand around and judge other people when we're in the exact same boat. Well, Perry, something has to be said about this, and something has to be said about this. No, no, no. Something has to be said about the person that we look at in the mirror every single day, and before we try to correct somebody else, we've got to check our heart and our motives to make sure that that, that desire to correct is even coming from the right place, because a lot of times we try to correct other people so we don't have to deal with our own insert poop emoji. And in fact, I, I would say this, I would say this, do more, try harder, has never produced people becoming more like Jesus. So if you look at that list of 10 and you go, okay, okay, I got I to gotta stop slandering and I got to quit looking at porn and I got to quit, which, which all those things are a great idea. Don't get me wrong. Just stop, if you can stop that stuff, that's, that's great. But, but, but looking at, okay, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to really do more. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to memorize more verses. I'm only going to listen to Christian music and all those things. And then we wind up falling back into the same pattern sometimes. And then we go talk to people and they're like, do more, try harder. And listen, I've been in this Christian thing for about 30 years. I've read the Bible multiple times. Do more, try harder has never produced people becoming more like Jesus. Ramping up our Christian activity isn't, gonna, isn't going to just absolutely squash the sin out of our lives. In fact, the Apostle Paul, and we've talked about him a lot. The Apostle Paul, one of the most righteous people that's ever lived on the planet. Listen, he didn't just read the Bible, he wrote it. Like, none of us have that qualification. This is what the Apostle Paul said about himself. 
Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of of whom I am the worst. And I always say, Paul hadn't met me. That's the only reason he wrote that down. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as the church and as Christians and as followers of Jesus, when it comes to other people that we might, be, we might perceive their sinning, is, could that be said of us that we've shown them immense patience? Immense patience um, as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So when it comes to that list of morality, that list of 10 things at the end of the day, before I can point my finger at other people, I've got to acknowledge that I failed the test, which means number two, I desperately need the grace of God in my life, for me. If if we miss nine out of 10 or eight out of 10, how dare we hold our hands up high about the one check mark we received on our failed test. Every single person watching, doesn't matter who you are or what you've experienced in life, all of us desperately need the grace of God because at the end of the day, we all fall short. Which is why I love, Paul wrote a pretty incredible list in verse 9 and verse 10, but this is what he said in verse 11. And that is what some of you were, past tense. He didn't say, you don't do those things anymore. He said, that's where your identity used to be. But watch this. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Now, real quick question. Did Paul say, but you washed yourself? No, you were washed. What was your responsibility? Nothing. You were washed. Not you washed yourself, but you were washed. You were passive, not active in that process. He, he goes on to say this. You were sanctified, means set apart. Like Jesus not only washed us, but he set us apart for a purpose that's greater than we could imagine. You were justified. Justified, that's like standing in front of a judge Knowing you're guilty and being pronounced guilty and Jesus stepping in going, I'm taking his place. Once we receive Jesus, we're justified. His payment on the cross for our sins completely makes us right with God. No matter how many we got right or no matter how many we got wrong on that list or anything else that we didn't cover today, all of us, every single person breathing needs the grace of God in our life. Because apart from Jesus, apart from Jesus, we're not washed, we're not sanctified, and we're not justified. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we can have our pet sins, we can have the things that we pick on, we can have the things that we protest and that we scream about, but if we really, really, really want to take our next step in our walk with Jesus, I would challenge everybody to ask this question of the Lord. 
Lord, what's the one thing in me that doesn't need to be? Lord, what's the one thing in me? What's the one thing going on in my life right now? What's the one thing? Go, and listen, if something pops in your mind, that's not Jesus condemning you. That's him going, we, we need to get, it's kind of like surgery. We, we need to remove this so you can get, and, and listen, I'm not going to start listing things here because I want for you to hear from God. Lord, what's the one thing in me that doesn't need to be? Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. If you email me, if you email me, as a result of this message, and say, but you didn't say how we should talk to people that are gay. I'm simply going to respond to you by saying, did you ask this question of yourself? And were you perfect? I'm not trying as a church to establish moral high ground. I really want for us to become faithful followers of Jesus and we don't do that by looking out the window. We do it by looking in the mirror. Hey, listen, if you feel like you're wrestling with this, I've wrestled with this all week. Now, I don't have just one thing. I got a lot. What's the one thing in me? And then if Jesus brings something up, just let that be your thing you deal with this week. Instead of being completely obsessed with the sins of others, Jesus, what's the one thing in me that doesn't need to be. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you use scripture and you use examples to God build us up, not tear us down. And Father, I pray that right now every single person watching would have the courage, Jesus, to ask what's the one thing in me that doesn't need to be. From that question, Jesus, they would not feel condemned but they would know that if you bring something up, you give us the grace to work through that issue. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't know what the one thing is, but listen, if he brought that thing up, it's because he loves you and he wants you and he, he's going to give you the strength and the courage to walk through whatever that thing is. And maybe you're watching today and you're like, you know, I... I got 8 out of 10 wrong, 9 out of 10 wrong, 10 out of 10 on that thing wrong. I, I'm really messed up, and I'm going to try to live a better life. You don't, you don't get to God by trying to live a better life. You get to God through Jesus, who, if you pray to receive him today, automatically you're washed, you're sanctified, and you're justified. And if you've never prayed to receive Christ, I want to invite you to do that right now. Now, right where you are, right where you sit, you can just pray in your heart, Jesus Christ, right now, I give my life to you. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sin. I receive you. Show me how to live for you the rest of my life, the best I know how. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you prayed to receive Christ today, if you'll hit the hand raise emoji on the Second Chance website, 
Or if you'll give a hand raise, Carly, you just raised, Carly just got saved. Maybe that's why. That was amazing. If you are on Facebook right now, if you'll just raise your hand, um, if you'll do the hand raise emoji so we'll know that you received Christ, we want to help you. Carly just got saved, so she's going to help you walk through the journey. That was amazing. Thank you for That's the first time anybody in the room's ever done that, Carly. I'm, actually, she just got rehired. That's the reason she was so messed up. She wasn't even a Christian. All right, so... Um, so if, if we can help you with this in any way, let you, and just so you know, this type of message, Second Chance Church, we're not a church that's going to claim the moral high ground in society. We're going to be a church that's full of messed up people that show up every day, and our desire is just to get one step closer to Jesus. Um, speaking of Second Chance Church in the building, last week I told you that we needed $25,000 uh, in the 250K campaign. Um, that's what we had left to raise so far. Um, what we, what we have left to raise, you guys have done an amazing job this week, um, is $6,979. So you guys gave almost $20,000 in a week. So for those of you that are giving or that you give, and that's not normal offering. This is just specifically to this fund. So for those of you that are giving every week, I want to say thank you. We're getting closer and closer and closer. We're actually picking out furniture, which is going to be really awesome. We're so excited about that. Um, we're getting chairs that are comfortable, comfortable chairs, not hurt your butt chairs. Um, um, unless y'all unless don't give that. If y'all don't give that, we're going to get hurt your butt chairs. So, so this is what we have left to raise on the 250K. And wouldn't it be awesome if we did it by the end of the day? I, I'm just saying, you go to, and, you, and how do you give the Second Chance? Well, you can go to the website, mysecondchancechurch.com, and you can give up in the upper right-hand corner, or you can mail a check, or a, we got a couple money orders. That was kind of cool. Um, I didn't even know what it was when I first saw it. Um, but anyway, you can send a check to Second Chance Church 2010, South, or 210, sorry, not 2010, 210. Two, well, I just get excited when I talk about stuff. 210 South Main Street, Anderson, South Carolina, 29624. Like I said, next week we finish up this series, Christianese. We're going to go into another series called Nacho Church, and then it's going to be time for Christmas. And I don't have a clue what we're doing for Christmas yet, but we'll figure it out. Until then, we'll see you. Next week, y'all have a great week. The best is yet to come.